Welcome to the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs, bringing you from zero to 60 in the non-fungible token world without breaking the bank. With your hosts, Andrew, aka Rantum, and George from Mostly Stable on Zed Run, who will help you navigate new projects, interview expert guests, and explore NFT trends. So whether you're on your first or 50th NFT, we're going to have something for you. And as a quick note, we are not, I repeat, not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Alrighty, disclaimer over, let's get to it. Today on All About Affordable NFTs, we're talking about the metaverse and onboarding. Welcome in. Come one, come all, come some, come none. No, let's come some. Hey, Andrew, how's it yeah. going? Well, GMGM, George, how how you doing? God, I I don't actually. I'm like I straddle my worlds between the like complete Discord DJNY like language, like LOL, hi friend kind of thing, and then like a professional world where I have to be, you know, English first. So yeah, GM to you. English as opposed to crypto or or NFT <laughs> lingo first, right? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's awesome. And it's, it's, you know, part of that identity layer and community layer of people that have a separate language, uh, norms and values. And by the way, that's again, full case, bringing it back to NFTs that are part of that value signaling, because that is status in our, uh, bizarre crypto community. Yeah, it's being crypto communities. I think we can get into more of, you know, metaverse and how those play into NFTs and then bring in new people in a bit more. But uh, we can take a look at some headlines first. And uh, this first one I have here, I, you know, this is comical in a way. So GameStop has actually launched their NFT marketplace and it's already beating Coinbase in sales volume. Uh, you remember the long awaited Coinbase NFT platform that has done, oof, terrible sales like don't have the numbers in front of me at the moment but uh seven Game i'm gonna guess it's doing... over under seven sales yeah right i think it was something was averaging something about 20 something sales a day you know pretty sad um let's see so they've done uh coinbase has done a little over a million in sales in a month uh gamestop has now done 1.8 million as of uh the the uh, publishing of this article that I'm looking at on the 13th of July, I'm sure that number will continue to rise. So, uh, you know, actually relatively impressive that, that, uh, this, this, um, GameStop marketplace is seeing some volume here. Yeah. Million in sales in a month, but you know, it's not zero. It, and no, no, I'm sorry, that's in just a few days. It was oh. a million in sales in a month for Coinbase. <laughs> oh, crikey. Which oh actually that's more than I thought. Yeah, I, I thought it was like $7, but it actually made $7. You know, it says it's, you know, seemingly focused on games, game dynamics, or like those kinds of assets, or is it just open? Um, you know, I haven't actually played around with the marketplace much yet. Um, I, you know, I want to kind of check it out. So I don't exactly know what they've got on there. It does look like that it's more gaming uh, oriented. Um, and I believe, you know, we've talked about it a little bit in the past and it wasn't something that I was giving a lot of credibility to just based on a lot of the, uh, I don't know, the way games, the way GameStop has been involved in, uh, um, I don't know, many of the, uh, meme stock type things has made, just made me think this was more of a, of a play to get in on the NFT, uh, 
um, uh, movement as opposed to actually launching something. So I was surprised, like I said, I was surprised when I saw that they had done a decent amount of volume here. Makes me think maybe I should take a look at this and get to know what they are doing a little bit better. Yeah, I'd imagine another mean game coming out of it. It doesn't feel all that curated to me, but it does uh, does have yeah. you know a stats page showing me um, different prices uh, and and different collections. Like right now, looking down this, like I don't know any of these top collections that have total volumes. Their top one, Meta Boy, getting like ninety ETH, like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I don't know what these are. I don't know. No, we'll see if this is sustainable as well. You know, at the beginning, we may be seeing some, you know, some hot volume coming in. We'll see how that, how that works over, you know, the next few weeks here. Yeah. I mean, top stat, I encourage folks to check out nft.gamestop.com slash stats and just kind of look at the difference between that and, you know, other macro markets, which are very different. So like, you know, Tracking right now, 30 days, looking at CryptoSlam, you have NFTs down 50%. Ouch. <laughs> uh, the normal cast of characters now back in the, uh, in the, in the top 10 uh, with Goblin Town falling, falling off about quite a bit in, uh, in the last 30 days. But you never know, up and down. Yeah, it's definitely a bit slower out there. Although, you know, it, I don't know, surprised to see prices on a lot of NFTs, uh, that the floor price is holding um, relatively steady for the limited volume that is out there. Yeah. Um, number of transactions just for the past 30 days, um, which I like looking at, like the number of transactions on Solana is like 1.5 million, the number of transactions on Ethereum, 1 million. So Solana has, you know, and that's like the Magic Eden game. Um, there's a lot of NFT flipping and going over there. Yeah, there, there definitely is a lot more volume there, right? What do we got? Stolen okay, let's 40. Let's move on to our next sentence. <laughs> this is interesting. So someone has tallied up the number of stolen board apes, and these are board apes and some other uh, high-end NFTs, including the Zookies, um, and they you know try to calculate a value. Um, so these are ones that are marked as suspicious. You can't really uh, trade them on OpenSea, and it's over $18.5 million worth of NFTs that really just can't be traded on the number one marketplace. Uh, you know, there's other marketplaces where they may be traded, but they certainly uh, would, uh, you know, trade at a significant discount to the the floor, um, the uh, you know, the otherwise floor price that you might find at OpenSea. Uh, so this says that there's 268 mutant apes, 134 apes, 153 Azuki, 202 Clonex, over 70 Moonbirds. Um, so that's a lot of pieces. And, you know, right now, OpenSea's method of dealing with these stolen assets is to mark them as stolen and suspicious. Um, and, and oftentimes it's, it's after, uh, somebody's already bought the asset, not knowing, um, that it was stolen. They bought it, you know, thinking that it was a great buy. Maybe someone listed it and you know, someone stole it, listed it at a decent discount to the floor, some astute collector quickly sees that, buys it, and then it gets marked, you know, hours or days later as a stolen asset, and then it's worth significantly less. So it's, I think it is a, a real issue. And, you know, I don't think that OpenSea has figured out the, the best way to deal with it quite yet. And, you know, we're seeing that this is a, there's a lot of value locked up in these stolen assets. It's so devastating too because the real person who actually got scammed there's two people one the person that lost it and then the other community member who may have been saving up frankly to like hit that floor just gets raked completely raked. yeah 
absolutely. That can't possibly be the solution, but that's, you know, why this is like a wild west. And I also was like laughing at myself, like 18 million or 80, depends on what the price of ETH is. Yeah. Right. I mean, as we know that, you know, just a few months ago would be about 4X that cost uh, or that, that, (laughs) that total. So we'd be looking closer to, uh, you know, 75 million or so. Yeah. But I, I don't know the right way to do it. Right. Because technically it's, uh, it's open, it's on the blockchain and anybody who's like saying that NFTs are this like completely open and free thing forgets that you still have to go through a gatekeeper at some point to make that transaction. And the value of your asset is dependent on being in good standing with those platforms and powers. So sure, we're decentralized. Sure, it's on the blockchain and you can transfer it to whoever, but that don't mean the value should hold no matter what. And so that's, I, I think, something important to put in the back of your mind and, um, and on the, the sort of negative side of uh, uh, essentially controlled, essentially controlled marketplaces, though there were only one marketplace or there's only one metaverse, then you'd be subservient to those rules. However, we're a community that has long depended on social norms and uh, fair fairness as adjudicated by a jury of our peers. And that's kind of what we're beginning to see happen out there. But again, you still have innocents getting punished when they snipe something off the floor because that's what we all do. We're like, oh my gosh, someone made a mistake. Someone moved the one or someone, someone posted a thing. What a deal. Like right now I'm hawking um, uh, Akutars. And if somebody posted something at 0.5, you telling me I'm not going to throw a dart at that? Oh, sorry. It's stolen. Oh, it's worth nothing now? Yeah. Sorry, friend. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it does, it's, a, it's a big problem right now and it is you know, really hurting some people's uh, you know, investments in these collections. So hopefully, you know, some a, a better solution can can be achieved at some point here. Um, let's see. Next year, we've got this Revuto Revolution NFT. Um, this launched uh, this past week. Um, as we're recording, this, I think it launched on the twelfth um, of July. And so, this with this NFT, you'll actually get a lifetime access to. Uh, Netflix or Spotify, um, instead of having to pay the monthly fees, I guess they, what they'll do is actually issue you a, uh, a debit card or, you know, a debit card number, um, that you can use only for the subscription. Um, it's, you know, I hadn't seen something like this. I hadn't heard of this company before. I don't quite know how that is sustainable in the long run. You know, it sounds like maybe it's a good promo. Um, but you know, obviously if, uh, if, if someone has to be paying for it and at a certain point, uh, you know, the value of the N- or the price of the NFT is certainly not going to, to cover it for, for life. So interesting model here, but also makes me wonder of the, the long-term viability of the project. Yeah, it's the constant problem of merging SaaS uh, revenue expectations with one pay and done play. It doesn't, it doesn't map well. You know, you get this initial bump and then you're like, I hope you use that money wisely. It's the Kickstarter problem, put a different way. The Kickstarter problem of I have this great product, I market the shit out of it, I have, you know, a thousand people jump in and, and pay X for it. And then I have to deliver it over the next year. Well, guess what? There's no more money coming. You don't. You have those money up front. And then, you know, by the way, maybe you pay tax in that year on it because that's when the money came in and things get more expensive. There's uh, unintended costs associated with with growth and getting there and like you got it wrong so there is you know i, I think i was far more bullish earlier on these like sort of like SaaS access passes and i'm a little more skeptical when i look at the 
the one and done revenue versus the need for ongoing support from paying customers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so just as a note here, it looks like they are still selling their $350, um, in USD. Uh, so, you know, I think, I don't know what the memberships are. I think a Netflix, uh, monthly cost around $15 or so. So, uh, you know, you'd be looking at, uh, you know, a payback time of something like, you know, a little under two years, you know, after that, it would, you'd be, you know, theoretically, uh, you'd be, um, you know, out, you'd be coming out ahead, but you know, that's also assuming that the company will be able to continue delivering on that uh, promise. All right. We've got another, uh, story here about some senators that are two senators that are on the, uh, the Hedy commission for intellectual property. They're asking, uh, for a study on NFTs. We've talked about some issues with IP and, uh, NFTs recently. I mean, there's, there's a lot of issues out there and it, you know, it's still relatively, uh, undetermined how these issues will will sort themselves out. So I think this is good that somebody's being a little more proactive in this. I, you know, I think that having some regulation around it's having, you know, at least giving people parameters of, of what, uh, what the norms will be, will help overall. Um, you know, we've talked about the big, uh, uh, lawsuit right now between the artist writer rips and, uh, Yuga labs. Um, and there's definitely some copyright issues there. So I think we will start to get more clarity on, um, how these things will be handled in the future, but right now man, it's, it's a bit of a mess. I was just scanning this article and it's just question after question, after question, after question. And that's awesome. It's all awesome. Maybe I won't love the way it's decided, but I love that it will be decided and we know where the rails are and. Also, it will potentially expose elected officials that just are, to be honest, uh, too old to get it. Don't understand it. Not adopting. Uh, because there's a lot of folks watching. And those folks are going to be able to move money around, at least in the United States. Uh, and you see Sam Bankman-Fried already saying, yeah, I may drop a bill, <laughs> a little bit, a couple bills on, on the elected. Like, guess what? If you don't get it, that this is uh, an innovation that is coming um, and you don't know how to regulate it properly, like, you can be replaced. All right. Well, why don't we move into our affordable project? And uh, I've actually got one for us this week. Um, and this is one that I just noticed came out. And there's an announcement just this past week from Coldy and the artist Coldy. Uh, mentioned him in the past, you know, definitely one of the, uh, I don't know, longest running uh, crypto artists uh, out there. Um, so he's got a, a new drop coming on the genies platform. So I don't know if I've actually talked about genies in the past. Um, I haven't really checked it out a whole lot, but it's at genies.com. You can see the platform there. So this genies allows, uh, creators to create, uh, to design, create avatar ecosystems, as they say on their site. Um, he is doing a wearables drop for these avatars. So it's, uh, it should be in his, um, uh, sort of in the motif of a gold miner, um, as he's done with a lot of its work in the past, you know, the idea of, uh, of mining crypto, um, is, uh, you know, in a lot of his pieces. So this, if the idea is, uh, that there'll be a metaverse gold miner, um, this is minting on, let's see, Friday, uh, the 15th of July, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Um, I don't have the the price on that one yet. So I, you know, it's a, it's our affordable project only because I, I think it will be affordable. Uh, generally wearables aren't, 
um, a super steep mint price, you know, because there is a, a desire to get them out to more in the community. Um, we will be watching that, of course, uh, talking about it in the, uh, the in our discord as well with the price, um, which we do hear some info there. Yeah, it looks cool. The good mix with our, our sort of look at the metaverse and frankly, once you're in there, it's what you wear. And like, ironically, like you play the status game, not only like the avatar that you probably bought or you're in a tea, but then also what you put on top of your avatar. And it's that second layer happening quite a bit. And also, humble brag, you got to meet Coldy in person. So can we safely say Doxed? That's right. Yeah. He's a real good <laughs> hey, met him a couple of times, actually. Yeah. He's <laughs> you know, the same person showing up. And <laughs> I did some pardon. Was it the same? Double Doxed. We have an IRL confirmation by all That's of right. You know, <laughs> get the photos to prove it. <laughs> that would be, that would be such a bizarre thing of like every afford, imagine that every affordable project, we had to go and meet this person, like your, your biscuit be off to like flying into Croatia, be like, Hey, uh, from this podcast, uh, we don't really make money, but it's very important to us that we meet every person that we have. That's right. That's the only way that we're investing in these, um, you know, digital assets is by actually physically meeting the creator. <laughs> I'm just saying there is a bizarro documentary about this. I'm telling you, there is like 17 people that would watch that documentary. Oh, and yeah. I think it I would mean, be more than not even come close to covering the costs of uh, flights and film. Yeah, but think of all the miles you'd have at the end. How many points could you have? Or maybe a potential whitelist. I could get more JPEGs to pay for his uh, <laughs> story. You know, I think every time we're just coming up with um, ace ideas that are on the side. So go create that, you know, create a, a docu-series about you trying to actually meet the creator of a random NFT project. Anyway, metaverse onboarding. How will the next wave of users enter the metaverse? All right, so you have it in quotes. Do you mean sandbox? Do you mean Decentraland? Or do you mean the macro idea of ownership of digital elements prioritizing those at or above your IRL ownership and entering in as a sort of status identity person? Like what, where, where do you think? What is this? It's a, I mean, you know, I, I put it there, you know, cause I think it is a, always a question. It does seem like the, the I mean, got a note here. It seems like when people hear metaverse, their mind goes to 3D worlds right now. We've talked about it in the past is, you know, that's not necessarily what we mean when we say metaverse, but it does seem like that is, you know, what's catching on, you know, is, is that what you've seen? Do you think that that is what most people are thinking or am I, you know, maybe just, uh, you know, noticing that in a few places and, and most people are actually thinking about it like we are. I think one, I always get a little cautious of saying and thinking what most people will say, but based on how news and media talk about it and refer to it where it is one sentence metaverse, next sentence sandbox. Or like I have this article in here, Tony Hawk announces metaverse skate park in the sandbox. So that kind of answers the question in my mind when media comes around to it. But I think folks that are more insider that use it realize that one, it's a marketing term and two, it is a, it is a broader idea and probably will have to get recycled because it's already been co-opted with that, you know, second life, which already existed, right? There was a metaverse. Second life was around, has been around. People, you know, dawdling about with their avatars, talking to other people, bumping and stuff like that's been done. What hasn't been is the ownership layer of community and how identity is now shown through, uh, through that ownership. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do agree that this is, um, you know, maybe it is shifting and I think that maybe people will slowly evolve what they mean by metaverse. I think right now we are still thinking about these 3D worlds and 
it's what people, I know what people's mind go to when they are thinking about the sandbox, although I don't know, (laughs) maybe they are thinking about sandbox quite as much now, you know, but we're, um, seems like there hasn't been a lot of development there recently, quite, uh, quite as there was at one point. Um, you know, we are seeing, I think the, the idea of the digital assets meaning more than physical assets, or at least, you know, becoming maybe more on par with physical assets. I think that is shifting. And I think that people, once they get into it, sort of understand, get an, I mean, you must have to experience it, just understand that it's not necessarily all about 3D worlds. Those can play a part in it. But, you know, I think even for most people in crypto and, and NFTs, it's a very small part of, of their experience right now. A NFT skeptic and I were having a conversation. No, this is not the start of a joke, uh, but we were having this conversation and I was, it's interesting because I can approach these conversations safely because I look like a, a, a normie most of the time in my life. <laughs> However, the question is like coming at me as like their, their big point was like, well, how many people really understand the blockchain and what it actually means? Won't it take forever to people understand it? And I was like, well, th- that's interesting. And I turned the question around and I said, how many people do you think, if I pin them down, understand how electricity works? Seriously, though, do you understand how electricity works? Random. Do you do you know how how it works? Oh, you, me? I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, you probably in your, mind, it. Like, your mind spins like, oh, you throw a dart at like, oh, it's electrons coming back and forth, right? And I was like, oh, can you explain how magnetism works in conjunction with that? And you're like, what? So so hold on a second, right? The comprehension of how a blockchain, how an NFT works is inconsequential to adoption. And I think there's a certain sort of like, it seems like a sticking point there. So getting to like metaverse adoption, electricity adoption happened when the endpoint was too easy not to use. When it is baked into the back end of what you're already doing, that's when I think that way comes. I think that's the on the onboarding is you don't even know you're using it. And boy, I'm happy that my refrigerator is cold and my lights turn on. It's delightful. Yeah, I think that's that's actually a great point. I mean, nobody was concerned. Well, nobody's going to buy an electric car because they don't know how you know, the end. How does an electric drivetrain work? I don't question. Or like the battery. Right. Like, you know, like, and, and nobody's you get over about that. Um, you know, and, and we haven't even talked about, you know, putting sort of the, some of the tech concerns to the back burner, you know, making so that that isn't, you know, that the users aren't spending so much time thinking about what chain it's on or, you know, even having to worry about all of the, uh, the scams, you know, trying to make it safer, you know, obviously we want people to be safe, but right now we know it's, you're, you're way too, um, there's way too much risk for, for average users. You know, that being said, I think there's a lot, you know, we've seen more, um, NFT platforms launching with very low cost NFTs, you know, that are priced in dollars. And, you know, I don't know, I, I think it's a very different experience, but it is the idea of owning something, owning a digital asset. I think, you know, if you can do that with a low cost NFT, I think that can start getting people into, into the metaverse. And at the other side of this, I think there's, you know, we're seeing more and more, uh, I mean, we're seeing social media platforms adopt NFTs or try to implement NFTs within their systems. Um, and I think that that can that could be a big factor of bringing more people into the metaverse. You know, we know that Facebook has made quite the pivot to, to prioritize metaverse. Um, and it's not, you know, I, I think that those things will start to, to shift people's view on this. You know, there's obviously been a big pushback and now we're still seeing 
the one of the tech companies that everybody continues to use, making, you know, trying to make these a priority. Um, you know, it, it may not, um, it may not be well received immediately by everyone, but that doesn't prevent it from, you know, getting new adopters slowly over time. For you, do you think if somebody has ownership of a cryptocurrency, are they in the metaverse? A good question. I mean, you know, having if you hold a small amount of crypto, I don't think that that is much in the metaverse. I mean, I think at that point it's, it's, is it much different than uh, that holding, you know, a small amount of stock or something? I think that's probably how they're looking at it, unless they are actually transacting with it. You know, I think if you're, if you're just holding it in, you know, a Coinbase account, no, I don't, I don't think that that is it. If you're doing something in, you know, if you have a MetaMask wallet and have transacted on different protocols and, you know, even just trying things out, I think you're, you're entering the metaverse that way. And I think it's, you know, these small, these small opportunities that will bring people in, um, you know, we're seeing sports leagues, we're seeing, um, many creators use NFTs and even just give them away. And, you know, while they might seem worthless to some people initially, you know, there's going to be some of these that, that really make a difference, um, to somebody out there. And, you know, I, I, I just, I don't know. I think the celebrity NFTs aren't necessarily where I look to, to go, but I think it is huge in, in bringing people into the system and understanding what, what it means to, to have a digital asset. You know, I think there's also going to be a lot of companies that continue to, to work in the space. And there's going to be more people that are working in the metaverse, earning in the metaverse that are, you know, looking at this as a career. And that's, you know, that's certainly going to change people's outlook on this when they start looking at the opera or, you know, start hearing about opportunities that are happening in the metaverse, it's going to be hard to ignore. I think it's going to be the, the boring shit that does it. It's not, it's not going to be the central land coming up with killer app or like Tony Hawk creating his like sand, you know, like sandbox skate part where like, what can people like just like run down the ramp and back up? Like, okay, cool. Hey, he's, uh, he's had quite a, quite a gaming uh, career anyway. <laughs> but I think it's, a, it's a, just a note in my mind. That is just, if I could go back in time, hit myself. I mean, there's many situations. You just listen to this podcast plenty of times. I could go back and hit myself. Uh, but this thought that like everyone that's coming once the Super Bowl happens, everyone's coming once NFT, you know, Coinbase platform. Everyone's going to come when the most boring freaking thing, flipping on your light switch is happening. What does that mean? Okay. Do you just take an airline flight? How are you measuring your, you know, airline miles? Getting back to our joke. Once that's on the blockchain, like you're there you've begun to enter and it will be through those boring steps. You're like, well, I got these miles. So it looks like I can buy this stupid, you know, pudgy, pudgy plane, or I can turn it into this. Like it will begin in these like small, boring ways. But the other big way is like, you know, revenue generation. I think that's probably like, if we're talking about Axie Infinity and large gaming opportunity, I come back to that. Like, let's just be honest. If there's uh, a way to game and make money or game and gamble, like, that is probably like this year's narrative of like, that's going to, people are going to continue to take shots on the shots on goal in that direction for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a mobile app at some point, a mobile gaming app that is, you know, not one of these full fledged games, but a way to earn in, you know, just on the go when people are playing these little games. I think that that will, will happen at some point here. You know, we see the top of the app charts are filled with games and they make a lot of money on small in-game sales. Stupid money. 
someone's going to figure out a way to, to bring NFTs into that system. You know, maybe it's going to take some new hardware that is on the way. So, you know, we'll see what happens when, once that, uh, you know, once we get more opportunities to actually transact with crypto and NFTs on these devices. I just laugh at folks that are saying like, oh, there's no way to make gaming economics work. It's all Ponzi economics in gaming. You can't possibly do it. And like, then they flip around and start playing goddamn Candy Crush. Okay. Okay. You're telling me there's no way in this multi-hundred billion dollar business arena that games can make money. Cool. Okay. So all you really need is just a higher sensitivity to the economic engine you employ. And for many games, it is either the ads driven because it's freemium or it is in-game purchases. How do you level up and gain more status in that ecosystem? And metaverses, we'll call it lowercase m, metaverses, right? When we're talking about sandbox, Decentraland, where I have a closed environment and then there's certain uh, rules, norms, and opportunity to gain status, either earned or paid, like you're done. Like World of Warcraft showed us what a metaverse looks like. Just at, like, that's the genesis of how, you know, Buterin got frustrated with the lack of ownership over asset in the digital environment. It was literally created in that moment. So, you know, it is, uh, it is coming. I wanted to add something that gives this like, you know, our meta conversation as we tend to drift farther and farther away, a little bit tighter look, and I'm bringing in my other expertise world. Looking at Google Trends, comparing NFT, crypto, and Bitcoin is an interesting look it's saying like, how do these sort of ebb and flow and ebb and flow over time? And you can like look 12 months and you can look five years. And it's interesting. This, it rides up and down with the interests and the, uh, the, the sentiment seemingly of, uh, of adoption, but it, you know, it continues to get higher. And so how will I know like the metaverses here is that when NFT searches is higher than Bitcoin, I'll call it now for like six months, because right now, think about it. Like gold is essentially Bitcoin. And people do not search for gold. It's not interesting. It's just there. So once that has sort of established in NFTs, actually for a period of time did pop above uh, crypto, uh, I think um, a couple of years ago, uh, where I think in the last year, sorry, in 2021, um, further back. And so there are moments where that happens. But I think when more people are looking for NFTs and they are like Bitcoin stuff, because they're like, why do I need to know the price of gold? The price of gold is wherever I need it, like done. And, and they start looking at the, the broader market. Um, that would be another inflection point that I would say would, would happen if, and you know, those are numbers. I can see them right here. All yeah, right. that's an interesting chart right here. Yeah, I mean, it's it just different at the chart. Hey, join this. I mean, we obviously, it's in the show notes, but join Discord. And a quick shout out, who's, uh, who's been lurking? Um, joined us in Discord recently. Oh, shout out to Things on Strings, a new, uh, a new Discord uh member say uh, also a longtime listener and yes things about strings you are a dgen you are listening to this in the middle of a bear market so oh, congrats by the way has he listened have, have sorry have they listened all the way to the end because wow just <laughs> the good stuff comes to the Please end let us know if you did <laughs> yeah tell you what if you're listening to this i'll give you uh i'll give you one of my bonus done find me in discord <laughs> yeah no those are those are as good as those are as good as any other money on crypto right now how about that all right. Uh, anything else to add? No, that's it. Brilliant. Well, see you out there. Thanks. This has been an episode of the AAA NFT podcast, all about affordable NFTs. 
The episode notes and resources may be found at 3ANFT.com in our show notes. Again, 3ANFT.com. And that reminder, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Remember, we are not financial advisors and nothing in this podcast should be taken as investment advice. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned something.